Hey guys, welcome back to the Respect to Drive podcast. I'm Tedward. Today we have a fantastic guest, Dr. M3, who is a close friend of mine and mentor. I, I think I can give him that. But how are you? Are you doing okay? You're restraining yourself for telling your boss how you really feel every morning when you wake up at 8.30 and check your emails and realize the demanding work that you've got to do and attempt to clean your home and, and not watch too much TV the whole day? Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing you can do, I, I highly recommend this, go on the Instagram, find someone you follow that is just professionally hot. You know what I mean by professionally hot. This is somebody who's just on the beach or in front of a building without their shirt off or their boobs out, and they're holding a puppy and they have some silly slogan beneath that says, reach for the stars or things you're going to find a way and some BS, but really all they're doing is being professionally hot. Well unfollow them just just once a day unfollow someone who's professionally hot it's very empowering they'll be fine they will they'll be fine without you they're still hot in real life but dr m3 he's he's based down in pittsburgh so once again this is not an in-person interview at garage 42 like i would like to be doing garage 42 is a beautiful storage facility up in woburn massachusetts run by my friend david and zach if you do have a car that you need to keep out of the elements, give them a call. They'll give you a private tour. Very COVID safe, all that good stuff. But I actually did just film a tour video with Zach and David. So that'll be coming up pretty soon. You get a, get a feel for what this place is and what they can do for your vehicle. But I really like this chat that I had with Cody. We talked about kind of the beginnings of his supercar ownership. He's he's known for the Lamborghinis, and he's kind of become a, an impressive ambassador for the brand. He's very accessible. He's he, he he builds beautiful cars. But we got a little deeper than that because I I, I had a little run in with the law the other night. I, I got pulled over in my Porsche going a little a little fast. Not crazy, just a little bit. There's a video of it. You can you can determine for yourself whether it was irresponsible of me. But when I rounded the corner and I saw that dark SUV on the side of the road, I already knew I was going to make a friend. Um, I had a, I had a, you know, a good experience with this, um, with this officer, and I also know that that's not the case for everybody. And I wanted to know what his, his experiences were. So we we get into that a little bit, and I really appreciated his perspective, and I hope I hope you do too. So without further ado, oh, he also gives us a little nugget into his next supercar. So. Yeah. Now, without further ado, here's Dr. M3. Did you go out for National Ice Cream Day today? Cody, I eat so much ice cream every day. It, that's not that's not an excuse. I live my life is like, you know those, you know those uh Christmas towns when every day is Christmas yeah. and you go to Florida, yeah. it's 110 degrees and everyone goes in and sits on Santa's lap. It's July. I mean, it makes the 25th a little less special, but I, <laughs> I eat so much ice cream. My mom came home for those, for those listening, I've been living, I've been living at my parents' house for the last few months from COVID and I will be leaving my apartment soon. Cause at this point it's basically a thousand dollar a month storage facility. Yeah. Uh, but she can't, she always comes home from Whole Foods with like, you know, six or seven pints of Ben and Jerry's for me. And she knows, <laughs> she knows her boy. Ben and Jerry's is is the bomb, but you know one of the things I've been doing. It's like we started years ago. I don't know why. Like we would do a car event, and um, all of a sudden we're just like, oh, let's just go get some ice cream. And it's become a recurring thing that after any event, whether it's a car show or we go cruising, the capstone is a stop, and we try to make different 
ice cream places and most likely the mom and pop ones as opposed to the chains we've done the chains but that's the thing it's just to discover like new and cool and interesting ones well there's i mean we've done some good drive i mean i i haven't done crazy drives with you guys out there but i've been there in uh in rural outside pittsburgh <laughs> towns and there's a lot of farms and stuff but i mean i saw cows there's definitely dairy out there dude listen you have to you, all you have to do is travel 15 or 20 minutes outside the city of pittsburgh and you're in farm country Pittsburgh Easy. is very we- I didn't know anything about Pittsburgh until I was there. It was the Vintage Grand Prix. I don't remember if it was the first or second one, but I just remember being blown. I'm like, why the hell does Cody live there? This is a weird <laughs> town. And I knew you worked there. I got that. But at the same time, yeah. I'm thinking, okay, well, like, you're really, you know, you're very successful at what you do. You could very much move anywhere you could go work yeah. at pretty much any healthcare system in the world because yeah you're, you're i'm gonna blow a little smoke but you're that good and if you want to leave <laughs> like you. the big world of pennsylvania i you know it'd be pretty easy for you to do until i went there and i'm like wow this city is nuts so anyone who just thinks of pittsburgh as kind of like some podunk just there all burnt out still yeah right? I mean, there's that, stuff that was on. my bias that was my bias before i got here i mean i thought of pittsburgh as one midwest and two, steel, you know, rust belt. I mean, that's how it's presented. I think anybody who comes here is blown away by what they find because it's not what my preconceived notion was when I got here. It's, comp- it's meds, it's medicine, it's education, it's tech. You know, Google's Eastern headquarters is here, CMU and the robotics. Um, um, what is this Uber? The self-driving stuff. The headquarters was here. I yeah, mean, Alex crazy Roy. Crazy stuff. Alex, Alex Roy there. is here too. Yeah, you exactly. bumped into you bump into him once in a while. <laughs> that's very strange oh, to yeah. me. Oh, that's so awesome. What were you driving when you got there? When you when you moved to Pittsburgh, what were you pulling up in? When I got to Pittsburgh, I by. I had finished residency, so we're giving away a little bit of what I do, but well, it's okay. You, you, we've blown that up on the smoking time. Yeah, we've, uh, exactly. I mean, I did I did invent big-ass fans. I mean, <laughs> asterisk, asterisk. That's a running joke. I, I wish that was true. I wish oh, that man, was true. I, I would be in a totally different position. But, um, but I think when I first moved here, I had a um, – I three yeah that's right I had the three twenty eight I I'm a BMW guy naturally um, Mr. Doctor M three <laughs> exactly and actually a couple of years later is when I bought the E forty six M three okay um, was that a convertible yes yeah, so it was um, it was my first M I loved that thing I actually waited. That car sat in the dealer's showroom for like three weeks while I was waiting to get Hammond PG three wheels, um, PG two wheels. I think I, I think there were, and I, I, dealer came in and saw the car because it was it was titanium silver with Imola red interior. That mm. combination, very sporty combination. You don't see a lot of cars at least then like this. And he was like. He offered to pay them, and he's like, "No, no, no, it's somebody's car." And he's like, "I'll pay you over this." And they called me, and I'm like, "I want my car. What are you talking about?" Right. Um, um, that wasn't the first time that's happened. We can maybe talk about that later. 
But yeah, that's uh, but that was back in the day, man. Well, all right. When when was your first? What what were you driving when you made the leap to your first supercar? And what was that? Because like you, when I I it's so bizarre because before I met you, my if you said what is a Lamborghini owner? Okay. I would have just said like, oh, some muscle bound, uh, orange tan, spray tan guy <laughs> with like puka shell necklace, spike gelled hair. And I would have described like this really. Oh, you're forgetting chest hair that's coming oh, out. Just yeah, yeah, come prolific. Because it's either prolific or he's lasered it off. There's no in between. Right. Oh, yeah, this is true. This is this is true. They're very polar. And, and also somebody who's very protective of their their stuff like i mean you are i'm not saying you're not you are but you're also very generous with it so anyway i meet you and i'm thinking here's this guy i I, honestly i am the most paranoid person in the world because when when eli ignition tube introduced me to you Mm -hmm. you know here's this guy clearly wealthy successful all these lamborghinis i was so afraid to meet you because i was afraid that you were gonna be a monster. I was afraid that you. There's no way. There's this guy who's this nice and open and caring and gives a shit about like really small creators. I was like a nobody. I still am, but you know whatever. We. You were just so open and and helpful. And then I met you, and I'm like, oh my, who is this guy? And you've basically become whether they know it or not. I'm sure they kind of do. You're like the best Lamborghini brand ambassador. Ever. Ever. Well, I don't know. Because you are so, you you were the most accessible person to pretty much anybody. I've never seen a soul walk up to you at a car show where you weren't like emphatically happy to meet a fan or to meet somebody who knew nothing about your car and called it a Ferrari and whatever. You know what I mean? Like, we've all seen that. Like, what kind of Ferrari is this? And yeah, you can do the reaction videos and make a little fun of people who point and say something silly. Yeah. But you've always been very generous and you can easily switch gears between the hardcore people, the Matt Ferris of the world, and the the dude literally running up to the car at a red light screaming, oh my God, what is that? You know, and it's so funny. And I like, I love it. Um, so, all right, tell me now that I've blown a lot of smoke, what, what was the jump (laughs) from this, the M3 to, you know, say your first supercar? Yeah. So this is, this is actually a really interesting story and it involves your town. (laughs) I'm horrified. So, so so yeah, get that, get this. And I I don't, I, I've told the story to a couple of my friends. I don't even think I've even told the story on my YouTube channel. Maybe it was yeah, I may have mentioned it in a video that I did with Broward when I talked about my Lamborghini history. But it was really interesting. At the time, I had, and I still do have, the 2007, the E60, uh, that would be an E64 BMW M6, the V10. Still have that car. Love it. Will not get rid of it. In fact, I just saw it this weekend, went to the garage and kind of stroked it. poor neglected car. I know, but (laughs) it's never going to go. She she knows I love her. But I had that car, and I think I had the X6M I was driving at the time. And I remember thinking that, you know, I was just looking around at Lamborghinis because that's been been my dream car, a Lamborghini, Right. right? You know, the, the sort of typical, oh, I had a Lamborghini on the wall. I actually had a 
poster, right? So that was what I was interested in. And then I was just looking around and I remember going home one Christmas back to New York. I was living in um, Pittsburgh at the time and went back home to, to celebrate. And I decided with my sister, who's also into cars, that I was going to go and just check out some exotics. And so I went to Lamborghini uh, on two Lamborghini dealerships they had in Long, on Long Island. So I visited those. And I was just looking around at the cars. And the car that kind of struck me was this car that had all this carbon fiber. And, and that was the 2008 Superleggera. Mm. At the same time, I wasn't. I was like, "Oh, let me just kind of you know shop around." And I went to the Ferrari dealership and looked at that, and didn't get to test drive any of these, right? Because they no, didn't know who I was. I'm a hole in the wall. Then I'm going to be like, "Oh, here are the keys." Anyway, so I looked around and I saw, uh, I saw the Ferrari, the um, F430 Scuderia, which was essentially the equivalent, if you want to say that, sure. of of the Superleggera. And I looked at a whole bunch of different cars. And I kept coming back to the Superleggera. And, you know, ultimately, through some connections and people I knew, I got a chance to drive the Scuderia. And then I also got a chance to drive the Superleggera. And there's no question that the Ferrari has the Ferrari DNA. But the, there is something about the Superleggera that was, I mean, it was literally on rails. You turn it and it was there. It's all wheel drive, right? So you probably could throw around, and I wasn't going to do that on a test drive, a, a Ferrari trying to kick the you're back a, end you're, out. You're a far more respectable person than I. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to do that on a test drive. But the interesting thing, how I stepped into that first car, which is how this involves your town, I got online like everything else and looked around the country. Now, the Superleggera, they they had finished production. They had a couple of cars left around. People were selling them uh, in the used car market. But I found a leftover demo that had only about 110 miles on it. Now, remember, these cars come from the factory with anywhere from 50 to 75 to 80 miles on the uh, odometer. And um this one in lamborghini the old lamborghini boston not the current owner but the old one and i called up the guy just out of the way and said hey you know this um you know it was gray it was a color i liked it was grigio telesto and i inquired about it and he goes oh yeah yeah that uh, that car is a a customer who you know we were just talking about it and he's like yeah this guy put down Thirty thousand dollars on it. We did some modifications on it. I think they did PPF and a couple of other things to it. Uh, and then he just decided that he didn't want it, and he walked away. We didn't give him his money back. Now, this stupid salesperson—if you're a smart salesperson—you never say that there's you, already thirty you, grand into this car. Bingo! Now you so get, you in, just you just found twenty-five grand off. <laughs> you just gave me a huge discount. So. I was with my friend and I looked at him and I go, oh my God. So it's going off in my head. This was uh, around one or two o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, I got a good feel because I looked at this car over the weekend. This was a Monday that I called him and the salesperson was talking to him. And he's like, you know, go through it. And I said, listen, I'm interested. If this car is still has warranty and everything is good, I'll take it. Um, and he goes, great. And I said, however... 
I want that $30,000 towards my price. He's like, I can't do that. I said, well, listen, I am prepared to call my bank right now to wire this money. My bank closes at four o'clock. Oh, by the time we were done, sold this guy. Oh, I guess I said, listen, I will wire you this money by four. If you get, if you, if you accept this. So we have two hours right to do this deal and i knew they'd been sitting on this car now for almost almost a, close to a year at that point and so um i'm sitting around waiting for this call my friend and i are just like i, I guess we're not going to do it and i kid you not 15 minutes so 3:45 p.m. he calls me back and he goes okay we will do it and i was like also i already told my banker that they needed to wire it and they wired it that afternoon, literally because everything was queued up. I didn't think it was going to happen, but that's how I got into that car, which was, I think they were asking 185 for it or one. Yeah. Something like that. And basically I got it essentially for about 150, that's 155. Insane. What are those worth so now? Some, Aren't those kind of high now? They, you know, the funny part is, the funny part is, because I just sourced one for a buddy of mine, they are still selling for a low of about 125 to 155 So about what I paid That's for my crazy. car. Well, you know what? It's it, it, Listen, that was a limited run too, right? They made, I think they made three, 250 cars worldwide or 350 cars worldwide. My car was the second rarest color. So my plate was one of 24. Because in Grigio Telesto, they made 24 of those worldwide. In um, the white was the rarest of them all. They only made 10 white cars. And then they made the orange and a bunch of other colors. But that was pretty insane. And so that's how I acquired my first Lamborghini. And I could never pull off a deal like that with a Ferrari for no, the Scuderia. Were, were, you a, were you a shrewd negotiator to steal Ed Bullion's lingo? Oh, I was. Or, or did you get that from your friend? Or is that just you? I mean, I know your mom no, is fairly entrepreneurial. So I figure you got to yeah. get something from mom. Oh, well, listen, like most guys in the car world, I mean, we buy and sell cars all the time. right? I so don't. You, I am afraid. I hate selling cars. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know what? I've had, you know, I've had regrets. Like I should not have sell, sold that E46 M3 that I'm now looking for in a coupe version. And, and I see that car. Last time I saw it was a few years ago and it's in bad shape. It's I like have a, to laugh. You know, old you, significant other you don't want to go back there you are so funny because i will watch you build and spec a brand new lamborghini from the factory yet you will still send me craigslist ads on m3s that are like seventeen thousand dollars going i don't know man should i do it should i do it? i'm like i don't care cody it's 17 grand you can make the mistake <laughs> But the, uh, you make the, me worry because I'm thinking, oh my god, he's, he's telling me, should I buy this M3? It's nice. Go ahead. It's fifteen thousand dollars. You'll be fine. And then I'm thinking, God, he's specking out like a six hundred thousand dollar car next week. Like, <laughs> <laughs> should I be worried you about know, you? <laughs> but, but no. But it, it, it's, it's 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 you're looking for you're looking for the thing that that does it for you, right? That, I, I don't totally want to spend agree. fifteen grand and then get you know we have a friend of ours now who's you know going through his own 
trials and tribulations of his his purchase. Yes. Um, you don't want to end up with a piece of junk that you're just like, oh, I regret this. You want to buy it. You want to enjoy it. It's true. It's uh, you true. don't want to regret. No, and you don't want to so be it, that. It, you don't want to be that close with your BMW mechanic, right? You, yeah. You wanna, exactly. You I love be, them. So, all right. So, well, all right. So, so you sell a, that. So I got that car. Yes. And I don't, and then, want, I don't want to go too chronologically, but like, I really want to just get into the first few cars because I'm okay. fascinated yeah. by this and I don't think we've yeah. ever talked about this. All right. So, no, no. so this car, you, you, you've had your fun, but now you're a, you're a working man. You're enjoying yourself. There's some money coming in. And now you're <laughs> like, Ooh, I could, I could have another thing. So what's yeah. next? So, so here is what was next. So that car I, I never, people, you know, people buy their car and they modify the power immediately. I usually live with my cars for a couple of years and then I'm like, okay, I've had enough. Maybe I want to modify it. So I remember I took that very same car and sent it to underground racing and it was their first stage three R, um, car. So it was 1500 horsepower. You what? So you How didn't did, know that. I didn't, you didn't know, know that Superleggera went to. You're a psycho. To underground racing. I totally <laughs> forgot about this. I think you've casually said it to me, but it's like someone saying, "Like I've been to the moon," and I'm like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." And I yeah. like, didn't. Okay, so yeah, I'm like, "Well, I don't know your name, so you probably didn't go to the moon." Um. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. When did you start YouTube then? So I my YouTube started way before this. My YouTube started back when I had when I was just acquiring my um m6 so this was was this august of 2006 so that was like seven months after the birth of youtube so i'm one of the original automotive youtubers like you you really are we'll talk about that later too because that like you have you have like deep deep connect like, <laughs> Don't it's, make <laughs> no it's insane cody it's so funny because you are like the one of the most og youtubers and i could literally name anybody anybody and be like hey i'm in this town um do you do you know this guy and if you don't know him directly which is already rare you're like let me let me give someone a call and t- within two seconds you're like yeah. just tell him i sent you <laughs> it's just people. It's, it's it's just you know what though. It's being a people person, right? I mean, it's networking, and that's one of the things for success, right? It goes back. This is why I think you're like the best brand ambassador for Lamborghini because you can literally walk. You can walk this whole earth with just making friends. I, I it's insane to me. It's insane. I love. To me. I love. I love talking to people. I love meeting people. I love new experiences i mean all around the world i mean i've been fortunate to be able to travel like you around the world and it's 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 fun meeting people and talking to people well, especially that, about something i'm passionate like cars exactly well now that you schmooze the ugr people um you've got 1500 horsepower in your uh, which is already kind of funny because today i think if you said i took a super legera and put turbos on it i'd be like oh my god no don't touch it it's rare and you yeah, go and yeah. you friggin' yeah. All right. So Yeah. But the funny part is I that car never came home. That car never made it back to Pittsburgh because and I would not we can do this another time, but that little story snippet was there is an orthopedic surgeon from Southern California who apparently needed an emergency um twin turbo gallardo. Oh, and as, my car, as they do. I, st- I need a twin I need a fifteen hundred stat. <laughs> stat. stat. <laughs> no, this no, the thing is this car was is a five to six month build. So I gave it to them in November and it now come around spring and my car is getting ready for the driving season. It, obviously in Pittsburgh in California it's driving season year round. But this guy apparently I didn't know at the time had crashed 
They they had done a Gallardo for him. They actually did a Viper for him, which he promptly wrecked. So they love they him. Did, he's a, he's a return did, customer. Oh yes, he return customer. Just they survive did a Gallardo for him. As long as he survives he the impact, he gets they, he they're selling another car. Exactly. So they sold him. So he came to me with a dollar figure, and I'm like, no, 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 I want my car. Blah blah blah. And this is going to feed into my sequence of cars. Then they came back. I said no. He came back with an absurd number. Now, my dad told me never, unless there's sentimental value, never get too connected to metal, which I still don't buy because I'm you are, connected you, to it. I know you, I've heard, I'm hearing you say those words. I'm hearing them. I'm hearing them. I know they're not rooted in your, in your, in your <laughs> there's no uh, there, truth in there, that. There is regret there, as you can tell. But, um, but this guy, the, the offer that he made was so obscene. It was basically twice the value of the car and the actual build. Wow. And at that point, I was just like, okay, like, you got it. Yeah, the check clears. Goodbye. Now, incidentally, just around that time, um, I got to see the unveiling of the Aventador. So, Where was that? That was in New York. So New okay. York, a Lamborghini invited 100 potential customers from around the world. Those were the first people that they showed public the car, but you had to leave your phone and all this sort of stuff. And I remember sitting there. Now, that weekend that I went, so the weekend, Monday, I was going to put a deposit down on a Mercy 670 SVI white one. The deal was made. This was with um, Gold Coast deal is set they're the ones that got me connected to go to new york to for this unveiling i brought two of my friends one of them you know we won't mention his name a certain youtuber and the other one is a buddy of mine who actually was in saudi arabia who's now back and we went to um this unveiling and saw the aventador it was about 80 percent done so it was a little rough in some places and i literally virtually yelled kuntash when I saw it, because when they pulled it back, it this was it was such a departure from the Mercy because it was angular. And I'm like, I got out of that unveiling. I called the dealer up and said, um, "We're not doing the 670 SV. We I want the Aventador." And I got there. I got their first car, which was incidentally the second Aventador customer Aventador in the country. By oh six God. hours. The first one was in California. I gotta say, I mean, look, I, I that was the yellow one, right? The mellow yellow. That was the yellow Aventador. I gotta say, I, oh man, that's six seventy SV. Oh, I, I, I want one, by the way, and I wanted, I wanted in ideally in white. Yeah, do you remember the color? What was the color of the one at Gold Coast? That that was, was a white one. That I was, was white. Going to buy. Oh man, oh, yeah. that black. And there are not the too many accents. of them. Yeah, that's yes. hot. That's a great, uh, that's beautiful. So, by the way, so with the money I made on the the twin turbo gallardo i bought the verde ithaca um uh gallardo spider the five uh what would that have been the 560 okay so, so, you, so that you car a, you have a penchant for that color oh uh, well that was the first time i got I saw that thing in person i loved it i had it it was my bridge car because that was the year that they had the tsunami, by the way, in Japan. So my car, the Aventador, was supposed to get here in um, the June, July time frame, and everything got pushed back to the fall. 
Um, and so I needed a car for the summer because we'd sold the, um, the Gerda Superleggera. Um, the Aventador was now delayed. And so I pulled off, talk about shrewd negotiation. So I knew that the car, I was going to have this car only until October, November when the Aventador came. And you can take, this car would never been titled before. And I didn't want to take that 20% hit, right? So basically what I did with Gold Coast is I negotiated the price that I was paying for it and the price that they were going to buy it back. And I want you to guess how much that cost. That car cost me. I had a car for three and a half months. I honestly can't say I would. Um, it's got to be like only tens of thousands of dollars tops. No, tell no. me it cost you $3,000. I I cost me $3,500. <laughs> I rented that car because I was going to buy the other car from them. So $3,500. You can't, that's one month if you're going to do a lease on something. Dude, that is so that, um, that was that was incredible. When I brought the car back, they're like, no, we can't do it. I'm like, we have it here in writing. They're yeah. like, oh. Man, I don't know where you get this from. You've got something where not only business, are you, man. it is, but you know, a lot of business guys, I actually just posted a really like snarky Instagram story where I, I found this mini mouse watch on my, on this desk in my house. I have, I've never seen this before. It's just like this eighties yeah. mini mouse watch. And I, and I, I pulled up a picture of a, an Aventador steering wheel and I just, I just put it on my wrist and I did the picture, you know, like, the, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, just yeah. as a joke. And I, and I did hashtag entrepreneur, hashtag self-made, <laughs> but, but I gotta say, you know, like those are the guys, you know, those are the guys you think of. They're always just trying to scam you. I get so many messages and I'm sure there's people listening who have done this to me where they send me Instagram DMs where like, we'd love to sponsor your video or I'd love to help yeah. you with your YouTube channel. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, look, I'm not dumb. You know, I yeah. am. I may not be the smartest business guy in the world, but I know what a pyramid scheme looks like. I know what oh, yeah. I know what a shark looks like. I know you're just trying to eat some money and it's not yours. So I, I appreciate that you play the long game on that. But yeah, but 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 funny part is some of those guys too, just to quickly do this one, is you're like, we will grow your Instagram account. And you're like looking at it, you're like, my Instagram account has more followers. Then you do. I mean, you can't come to me and say with a thousand followers saying you're going to take something that's got 90,000 followers. So wait a minute. If you can't grow your own, how are you going to come to me and say you're going to grow mine? So many people, hashtag social media marketing, are yes. like doing this and they and they try to act like they are going to be your savior. And it's like it's the same thing where they, you know, they try to get you into Herbalife and they're like, oh, yeah. and so please don't sue me. They're still in existence <laughs> somehow. But like, you know, they come to you and they're like, oh, you could make up to $65,000 a year. It's like, oh, cool. Well, how much do you make? And they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm just getting started. And, uh, yeah. you know, and I'm like, yeah. yeah, well, so you've made nothing. You've spent $3,500 on product. And now you're just trying to recruit me so you can get your $50 a month kickback. Exactly. I get it. You know, and, and, and it's just very frustrating. I hope, and you know, in this time, especially with COVID, when people are losing their jobs, things are not going great for a lot of folks. This is when those types of businesses thrive because people are fearful. So they're like, they can, they can recruit easily. And, you know, I'm sure you've had your share of sketchy sponsors who want to jump on board the Dr. M3. Train. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's messed up. But I mean, you know, the biggest thing for me is that you drive your cars a lot. How many miles did you, you just over, you just clocked something big on the, on the Perfermonte. 
Uh, on both of them, actually. I just crossed 10,000 miles on the Aventador. Uh, and again, that's a limited edition car. We haven't talked about it yet, but that car stays in the collection too. But the Performante is now uh, just over 16,000. It's actually, that car has more miles than... Well, that's not true. The the I which I drive every day yeah, now. Daily. Has only Do you about still 20, have that? It's 20. Yeah, I'm never gonna. Get, I don't think I'm gonna get rid of that one. It's it's got twenty three thousand miles, and the, the rate I'm going. If certainly if we didn't have COVID, the Performante would have blown it by it already. But the perf will pass it this year. I've got to laugh at your I eight as your daily only, not because like it. it on paper, it makes so much sense. It's pretty economical. It's really easy to maintain. It just does the yeah. thing, right? You put like, it, which is funny. You 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 probably have some sense of guilt of your carbon footprint. So you know you're offsetting it a little bit. You know when you, when I do. You're not I driving to... a V12 or a V10. <laughs> but I tell you, that is the i8 is one of the most frustrating cars I've ever had to get in and out of. So I laugh oh, yeah, because is. like if I were you know oh quick I gotta get somewhere I'm on my way here you know you never drive you're never supposed to drive your fancy cars your fun cars when you have to be somewhere you only drive them when yeah. you want to be somewhere. Want to be someplace. Whereas yeah. the i8 I feel like I would probably be so irritated and slamming that door when I get to where I'm going and I'm late for a meeting and <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta laugh. It is funny. I think it, I, I think you get used to it. I mean it's you know. It, it is true. Anything with a tub, you know, same thing with the McLarens and stuff, right? Climbing over to get in. Although the I8s, because it's a regular height, it's kind of high. But, I mean, I just get used to it. I love that thing. I am in love with that car. I mean, I, I, it's my it's been my longest daily. Um, but I've decided I'm going to keep it. I'll, I'm going to replace it. I'm going to have another daily. But I'm keeping that car in the collection. I'm going to preface this next segment and we don't have to talk too much about it if you don't want to but mm -hmm. i did notice i mean look you are you are prolific in the youtube community on the instagram community people who know you know you i mean look you can you can go to pretty much any car show and there's going to be some fan running up to you and it's and it's interesting because whether or not they're like actively watching you um they you are you are like legendary the other side of this is you are still a wealthy black man in America. And I have been mm -hmm. shotgun in your Aventador before. And you were talking to somebody on the other side of the car. And somebody walked up to me and asked mm -hmm. if the car was mine. <laughs> and at first, I'm yeah, like... Yeah, he's my chauffeur. <laughs> right. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking... Now, first of all, there's a couple There's a couple things I want to like just color you know, some texture with this. You... Almost always look like you, and I don't think you golf, but you almost look like you're ready to go golfing. Like you look, you, the funny you, part is I don't even golf. <laughs> you have, you, you are like, and, and to put the reason I'm saying that is because I usually look like I've just mowed a lawn. That is just me. And although you, I will have apparel that's occasionally that will have Lamborghini on it. I am not the. I'm not the Ferrari guy. That no, no, it's the hat, the no, shirt, you don't the look underwear, like, the no. pants, the shoes, the socks. No, but I guess what I'm trying to get at is just to, I mean, adding that texture only because the only reason, the only reason someone would ever look at the two of us in that car, especially with me not driving the car, and ask that yeah. question has to be something unconscious bias, racially charged thing. Yeah. And I'm wondering, yeah. like, what is that like for you? with a relationship with either the public or like just the, per the image of you in a car like that. Cause your cars are flashy. Your cars are like very flashy. Objective. Oh yeah. They're not subtle. They are. No, <laughs> you have a purple Lamborghini, a green Lamborghini, a blue Lamborghini. Like it's, 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 it's amazing. I love it. 
also because I know you, it, it's almost like comical because you're not really a flashy guy. So when I see you in these cars, it's like I'm watching a kid on a roller coaster like yeah. who's just used to going to ki- like regular school every day. And then it's like, but their real passion is like the Superman. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. so I like, it's great watching you light up in those cars. But on the other hand, it's like, you also have to deal with like the image of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I mean, I mean the, what is the, that? The, the truth of the matter is, uh, you know, whether it's unconscious, unconscious bias, or um, it is the presumption that, yeah, and I've heard it too. Like, oh, it's a rent. I mean, I've heard people you've oh, seen in the reaction rental. video. Oh. It's a rental. Oh, you can't own it or whatever. And people will even ask me deliberately, "Is this your car?" And the funny part is, when I first started YouTube, actually, you, nobody knew who Doctor M three was. You saw hands, and then you know, at time because I would have some of my friends, like Dandy, would drive my car, and so you would see different color hands, and everybody was just like, "Well, who the hell is this Doctor M 3 And it was like that because I. I first of all, I don't see color, and I wanted the channel was supposed to basically put you. I started those early point of view videos, right? I wanted to put you in the driver's seat. I wanted to make the statement that anybody, if you apply yourself and you have the passion, could be the person behind that steering wheel, right? But once I finally came out from behind the camera, I mean, most people were just like, okay, it's cool. And the vast, vast majority of people are like that. But you still get it. You get the questions that are asked in a certain way. You get some of the snide comments. And you know what? I learned something a long time ago. Listen, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, an African-American. In, and most of the times, I have been one, the, the only one or the one, only one of a few X, Y, Z. Right. And so, you know, oftentimes it's precious. Is he representing his race? And, you know, what you see is what you get. You know me now very well that the presence you see on camera, that's not made up. I'm professional. No, it is the same thing. Right. And, and, and I learned a long time ago that you can't let one, never let him see you sweat. I think, never stoop because there's sometimes people are trying to bring you down, right? They're trying to bring you down to their level and you can play that game and you can get down and dirty, but then you're both pigs in the mud, right? Yeah. Um, And you try to elevate and then you see me, there are times I've, even the people, even my most ardent critics, and there are some people out there that no matter what I do, right? I, I don't greet there or meet there their cynicism or whatever it is with more cynicism. I tend to turn it around and be positive about it because that's really who I am. That's the kind of person I am. And I try to lift people up and I recognize that you're never going to be able to do that to everybody. You're never going to please everybody. It's true. And I think a lot of just the way it is. A lot of folks don't know that on, you know, unless you're a YouTuber, you don't know that there's a thing called uh, there's filtered comments, right? A lot Mm -hmm. of people don't know about this. So when we look at our comment section, there's the published comments, which, you know, someone says, Hey, great video. Thanks. You know, yep, posted done. There's the spam filter, which is like, uh, if someone posts a URL to herbalife.com, join, join the pyramid. Uh, Man, what am I on today? This is not good. I'm I'm going to get sued. Uh, But then there's also the, the filtered one and the filtered comments are usually real comments that are, um yeah blue i guess they're 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 often vile they can be inflammatory they can be inflammatory they're just i mean i've had i've had comments with the n word in oh, it yeah. um and i mean i and i see them but again you know what what whenever somebody and this is true in real life right so for your 
folks who are listening to you, right? Um, when somebody does that, what they're trying to do is exert some degree of power and control over you. And you have the power to give that control to them or not, right? So it's not to say you excuse it or anything like that. But if I then turn around and respond in the same way and say getting down dirty with them, yeah. then and I don't let I don't let it get to my core because I know who I am, right? So, but I I see those. I get them every so often, and I don't let it get under my skin. It's tough. I mean, it you know you you can choose that you can, but you still get the sting. There's still a sting yeah. associated oh, yeah. with it, and that's oh, yeah. what's you know there is an emotional toll to oh, yeah. YouTubers being in the position they're in, whether they're huge or not. There are people I that agree. will say things to you, and they feel so like privileged to say those things to you yeah. via keyboard. It's insane. Yeah. Um, well, all right. That, that being said, I don't want to dig too, too deep because this is like, that's like heavy, 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 but <laughs> not that I'm going to really, but it's reality. But, it is, but it's really, it's reality. That's what happens. Um, what about your relationship? And I, and I'll, I'll preface this with, I got pulled over last night. Um, <laughs> and I think I sent a video of it to you immediately after it might've been 20 minutes after it happened. I'm like, Cody, um, what, all right, so we we all as car people we walk this very bizarre line between yeah. legal and illegal activity, and although we're not out to hurt anybody, um, this is tough because I want to be very respectful of the law because I don't want to be seen as somebody who's just flagrantly um, and dangerously driving against mm-hmm. against code, right? Um, yeah, I don't want my insurance premiums to go up. I don't want to pay tickets. But at the same time, I also understand like, okay, if I've got control over this car, we're on a road where there's no people, there's no children, like it's going to be okay. Um, that being said, we have all, all run into the law, uh, some more than others, Cody. Um, <laughs> um, and, and I, and I basically Being black doesn't necessarily no, help. <laughs> on, on, on this point, we can use this data point to say Cody has, has met law enforcement very, um, uh, just justified in a very justified manner. I've seen you get pulled over yeah. and it's, I remember that time. Um, so there's a video of this. We're way beyond the statute of limitations on this one. Um, (laughs) you and I forget who it was, but your friend in the, in the black four, five, eight, I'm in, I'm in the BRZ with, uh, the Topher and you, you're with David in the, in the performante, you and the four, five, eight, both launch out of the street and you must've been doing triple digits. Like it was easily. We got there. And me and me and the Topher attempt to do the same. Okay. (laughs) We're down about, I don't know, 550 horsepower. So we're, we're into second. We're doing about 45 miles an hour. And that's when a unmarked cruiser with lights on passes us. Okay. Pulls you over. Many cruisers come. Um, my first instinct was, oh, shit, I need to film this. Not because I needed it for YouTube. Yeah. But I actually was, like, worried about my friend. I'm looking at you, and I know that you're there, and you, it's kind of your town. It wasn't that far from home. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know who this. And my friend and my other friend was a brown person. Yes, if you recall, so, he was Indian. So I'm thinking, I'm sitting there going, "Oh my god!" Like, what? Like, and you know, it's funny because it's not funny. I need to stop saying it's funny. It's funny is not a good segue into like racism and police law enforcement. Sure. <laughs> you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, so. 
you know, this isn't new. We've always had videos of terrible things happening. We've, uh, this isn't new in law enforcement. It's not new in America. Yeah. Um, so my instinct was, uh, to have, uh, Chris, the Topher drive us up to this like grassy knoll. And I grabbed mm-hmm. my camera. I sprinted over there and I started filming it because filming, I was like, yeah. if anything goes down with my friend, I'm not letting this, like, I, I'm not letting yeah. anything bad happen. But at the same time, I yeah. also don't want to be like an onlooker next yeah. to them right yeah so yeah. i'm filming this and you know we're giggling a little bit but deep down i'm thinking like please 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 god don't let anything happen to my friend and, and that's true when you when a but it's one thing when it's one cruiser when you have a bunch of them that's when i got it nervous. changes the dynamic like three yeah. or four cruisers came so i'm thinking like what what do they have on him and you were i mean you just got that car it was still on temp plates yeah. like Jesus. yeah yeah um but i mean that's just an example. Like I've seen it happen. Have, do you, do you get any like jolt of nervousness like that? You no, are who you I, are in this car. No, I mean, again, I think the vast, in my view is this, the vast majority of police officers are themselves respectful. They went into it for a specific reason. And then unfortunately there's a small segment. We all know this because we all know some of these people who were bullies in high school that they became cops. Sure. Right. Uh, and I think the only time there are a couple of times where I was really, really nervous. Uh, one of the times, actually, was I was driving by myself in a really nice neighborhood in Pittsburgh um, and wasn't doing anything. The car, this was in the Red Storm, so in the Red uh, Oricon, which had the sports exhaust on it. So it's loud, but I really wasn't going fast. And I can literally, legitimately say that it was just loud. And all of a sudden, this cop on, from a side street comes out behind me, pulls me over, and I knew what I was doing well under the speed limit. Cause I think it was 45 and I was probably going like 30 something. And um, I was like, okay, but I I'm by myself. There are no other cars passing or anything like that. Is it nighttime? And he walks. No, this is, this is actually daytime. It was okay. evening. So it wasn't quite dark yet, um, but it was approaching and he walks up really slowly and I'd known this, but it, it didn't click. And he walks and he puts his hand on the basically slaps the back of my car. Oh. Normally, they put their hand on the back of the car to leave their fingerprints, right? So that's what they always do. That's why if you're ever in a traffic stop and you see a cop walking up and they touch the car, that's they're leaving their print on the car. So should you take off or anything? I've never known that. There. You didn't know that? I didn't that's know exactly that. why. So I'm like, so my thing was, but what he did was he slapped the car. So it was loud enough. And then he dragged his hand along the side. Oh, and I'm just oh, like, oh, and I'm like, oh, boy, what's this about? Um, and the weird part is, so he comes up and, you know, he's like, it's just your car. Yes, it is. Um, and he asked me a bunch of other small questions. And he's like, yeah, I really like. And then weirdly enough, I don't know, I think maybe my interaction with him. Uh, because listen, a lot of these guys have a tough job to do, uh, and I know I wasn't doing anything, but I wasn't particularly nervous. But I was just like, "Well, what's up here?" Right. Um, and I think my own demeanor and everything else probably—he just switched and he goes, "I really love the car. I just wanted to see it." Okay. And I was just like, <sighs> "Like, but you—you sh- you know, that's what's frustrating. Is like, yes, that turned out to be a nice interaction. You shouldn't. I, I just wish that the initial fear. I mean, even for me and." You know, I'm, I I definitely feel like I have privilege when I'm getting pulled over. Um, I, I just wish that the interaction didn't need to be fearful at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, unless you've got a trunk full of drugs 
or you yeah. almost hit a toddler crossing the street, you know, mm-hmm. you know, if, if I'm going a little fast or something, you don't like something, maybe I'm loud, maybe whatever, like, let's just have a conversation. Let's just, let's just, yeah. let's just pull yeah. over. We'll talk about it. And that's exactly, you know, that's the thing I'm, I, I, I was, I was debating even putting up the video last night, um, for yeah. today because, I, I had a good interaction with the police. I did. And, mm-hmm. and, and it wasn't just because he, he, he gave me a verbal warning. It was, it was that he didn't approach me as a, as a monster. He was just like, you know what I clocked you at back there? I'm like, honestly, I don't. I'm like, I'm this, this yeah. speedometer is not backlit very well. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and at the same time, I'm like, I wasn't like drifting around this corner. I was. Yeah, you weren't doing any. Listen, they said with great power comes great responsibilities. There's a time and place for everything. If you're doing it in a deserted place and there's, I mean, if you're going to hurt anybody, it's yourself. But I mean, you're in control of the car and you know what you're doing. You know, there's exactly. a there's a little there's a little bit of room there, right? But you know, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be lying if I've if I've said that I've never worried about you because I know you 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 drive a lot like I do, um, mm-hmm. which which puts us at risk for you know meeting some law enforcement officers who you know we've all done it we've all we've all met yeah. people we've all made friends. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, you know, but I always I always do have a little like thing in my in my heart that I'm like you know I don't want my friends to be. Yeah. To, to be degraded by anybody and and that's yeah. not a statement at, at law enforcement it's a statement about unconscious bias in america yeah i mean everybody, in general everybody yeah. um well you, you see it i mean i've got i've been to even businesses where i've attempted to park and it, it's it's clear that i wasn't particularly welcome and i don't know if it was because it could be because i have a certain car i could be because of who i am um, and you get that sense. I'm not a person that's particularly hypersensitive, but because of what I do, I'm pretty much in tune. I, I see a lot of things. I mean, my own profession requires that I be able to read body language when people can't communicate. And so I'm very much in tune and I, I, I pick up on things very subtly a lot of the times. And it, it happens. Well, it, we've it all, definitely happens. You know, we've all had to laugh off things that are actually painful. You know, yeah. You know, if someone someone makes the nasty gay joke to me, and I I'm like, I just don't have the time to correct you yeah. or to talk about yeah. this. If someone makes some off color joke to you, it's like there's got to be there is a level where you're like, huh, huh, okay, but you're like, God, I'm so sick of laughing this off. Um, yeah. But yeah. anyway, I, I, at what at what point at what point do you call them out? I, you right, know, you know yeah. it's kind of depends on my energy level, to be honest with you. <laughs> if I had, if I just had a granola bar, Nature Valley, we're ready to go. Um, oh, well, anyway, thanks. I mean, thanks for having that conversation with me because yeah, yeah. I know, I know, like it's not fair to make anybody the ambassador to that, but I did want to get your personal experience. Yeah. And, you know, it's tr- tricky because you can't speak for everybody. You can only speak yeah. to what you've experienced. Yeah. And I think, I think by giving some texture to your experience, it's it shows that like like it's not you know it's not just what you hear on the news it's not just this it's not just it's that. real it's real I mean it's, it's out real. there and it and, happens and oh we, yeah and we do have to worry about our friends who who could be compromised in that position yeah I agree and I, again you know there are times can you imagine that other people who look like me that maybe you're not in even in that kind of car right I mean if you're in like a dilapidated Corolla yeah. you know you've got yeah. a, 
like that's you're a thing working that... three or four jobs and you've got a busted taillight that happened yesterday and you haven't been able to fix it oh my god you know all of a sudden you could lose your life just because you get pulled over for a you know headlight that's out or you know you missed using your turn signal and you're dead but remember too like a reason why you think that way too is because we've all seen on the news i'm, yeah. I'm no celebrity right you but we've seen celebrities that have been pulled out that are driving their nice cars that are in their no nice neighborhoods or whatever it happens to them too. and right yeah they're right? like what are you doing here like yeah. i live there like my house is yeah. right there Oh, all right, and I, I, anyway, I, I haven't. Anyway. Yeah, I haven't. We're gonna we're gonna go way more refreshing in a second. I wanted yeah. to just put that in the in like the end to the middle. But yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So because COVID, I mean, first of all, a wear a mask, right? We we're 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 on that on that path. Are we happy with that? We yeah. Listen, I have, and again, I'm in healthcare, guys. <laughs> this, and you know what? Too somebody actually asked me. I don't know if you know Carlisle's pick. He's uh, from he's a YouTuber from New York, actually an old time YouTuber. He used to do mostly bike stuff, and um, he's like I think works in investment Wall Street or whatever. Really nice guy, solid guy. Sent me a text message this weekend asking me. I think it was on Thursday or Friday, asking me about this, about the car community. He's like, do you think the car community? I mean, I'm seeing these huge car shows that are happening. Nobody's social distancing. Nobody is wearing masks. What's up there? And I said, listen. I see it, but I think the my experience, at least where we are, and when I look around certain places, I see like Columbus is having their cars and coffee. They are parking the cars every other slot. People there, again, there's a hot spot. They're wearing their masks and so on. I will tell you this: that the different people still think this is like the flu. You see somebody, even if they go into the hospital, a family member goes into the hospital and you can see what this person is like with the flu and they recover or whatever, right? You've ne- you don't want to see somebody with COVID that's dying. It is one of the most painful deaths I've ever – and I've seen a lot of stuff. I mean I've yeah, dealt hope- with trauma. I hope our you- listeners understand who this is coming from. You've seen a yeah. lot in the healthcare I've, field. I've seen – I've had to help put people back together that have been in car wrecks. Yes. Right? And I, I've I've seen some gory stuff. Seeing somebody with COVID and, you know, it, this is not just elderly people. I mean, we lost <clears> – I know somebody who is in their early 30s. We lost a nine-year-old. My friend just told me and, I, I, and then even a nine-month-old um, die of COVID. So – this thing that the young people were invincible and it, it it's it's bs and the worst part is we the younger folks tend to be carriers but they're passing it on to other folks so it just makes this lockdown on where we are get extended so much longer so the bottom line is masks work wear them social distancing if we're going to control this thing we've got to do it i am not drinking the kool-aid i can tell you because i am a i am a frontline worker i've seen it i have friends one of my own colleagues one of the guys that i trained got admitted two weeks ago with covid-like symptoms he tested negative um and but all the signs all the radiographs all the cts definitely coded covid few tests later it comes back positive young guy hospitalized yeah on a ventilator that's really scary stuff i mean 
younger than me. That's crazy. So what? I mean, on a on a positive note, I guess what what do you do? All right, your your Performante didn't get sixteen thousand miles on it from <laughs> sitting around Pittsburgh. You trailer that car everywhere. That thing is I, not you personally. You've got <laughs> that car is concierge service picked up at your home and delivered to you in California. I love I love <laughs> what you do with your cars because a lot of people buy these cars. They either sit in the garage, maybe they go to a track day, maybe they go to a few cars and coffees. You literally are like, I'm gonna be in LA for a week so i want my car i love that this year uh not really happening because Mm -hmm. no you're not doing pebble you're not doing car week you're not doing all this fun stuff that you are like you are like religious about so what what's your car what's your car scene this year so the car scene this year i mean trust me this has been rough i mean i think for all of us right this is our your, your guys can all relate um you know this would have been the 10th year of doing car week i've been shipping a car out just enjoying it and at the end of the day why do it why do i even do that it's it's about the experience it's not even so much the car because i think and you hear this but you've heard this all the time right it's the cars that bring the people together but really at the end of the day it's the relationships that you form it's the experiences that last a lifetime those memories that last a lifetime and so it's been pretty tough. Like even today we did a you know, national ice cream um, day and uh, one of my buddies who would normally have been doing vintage Grand Prix this week and all of that's got canceled. Yeah. He's like, I've been so cooped up. I've done nothing. I need to drive. And I'm like, well, let's go do national ice cream day. There you go. And we did a cruise after it. So what we're doing is smaller cruises. We will occasionally meet up, you know, small teams. 10 cars, whatever. Um, okay, so we can social distance and it still have that sense of camaraderie. And I think a lot of what you're seeing, you don't see these big organized events as much, but people are still kind of going out. And the ultimate social distancing, frankly, is getting in your car and driving someplace. Right. 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 Um, and you still can enjoy that. And so we still try to do that and you know you see a lot of this happening online too of the virtual shows like the peterson and that's kind of cool but it's not the same no um so i, I still believe it or not i don't drive as much and that's why i think the perf may not may come close to passing i don't know if it will pass the i8 this year because we just haven't i haven't chipped the car the car was supposed to go to california it was supposed to do a spade rally as well, which was a trip from Canada all the way through Taylor the Dragon and then back to Pittsburgh. You're going to get a been... hell of an insurance rebate this year. They're going to be like, oh, wow, you, you really, <laughs> that's a big number, Cody. You didn't, 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 didn't try. You didn't drive very much. But, but I think we, all of us, it's incumbent on us, one, if we're going to get through this, that we be cognizant of all this sort of stuff but at the end of the day we've got to live and you've got to find things that you can do you should go outside you can drive you can you know do whatever you want but find creative things to do and not you know get so depressed and stuff there's still things we can do to still have fun that i can relate to one thing i can't relate to is that uh i i don't happen to have a bespoke italian supercar being built for me in italy right now and i'm currently uh, you're currently not allowed to visit it so it's, <laughs> yeah you, you so can't fly to italy to see your I, car it's exactly right so last summer actually just a year and actually a year and a month ago so 13 months ago 
I flew to Italy to go to the factory to meet with the designers to tailor spec a, and this was an incredible thing for me. The, the incredible part was not only being able to go there to spec out my car, like everything. In fact, the, it has, the project actually has a name and I'm going to give you a scoop. I've never, yes. nobody know this. So if anybody knows this now, it's going to be through the Respect the Drive uh, podcast. This project is called Project Chaos. Brilliant. And that's all I'm going to say. This is a bespoke paint design, interior design. I mean, like everything about this Aventador SVJ coupe was bespoke. And um, it's taken the first time I put something together was literally two years, is actually 23 months ago. But it wasn't the final spec. When I went to Italy last year, we nailed down the spec, everything. I, I flew there with my dealer, myself, and Alex, my designer, Automotive. Automotive. And we put this thing together. And um, talking to them, they were so excited about this because it showcased Ad Personum so much that they wanted to host a party when the car was done in Italy. They don't do European delivery. They're too small a company. So they're going to host a party there to do a global launch of this car because it essentially was going to be a one of one, even though it's one of 900. Yeah. Um, and then what they were going to do, and I'm kind of telling a lot of people this now because I'm not sure it will happen, obviously, certainly in this climate, was they were going to – they don't have European delivery. They're too small a company, but they were going to make a special exception to give me the car so I could tour it for about a week to 10 days through Europe and then, but I was going to have to get it clear broad. So I had to arrange a bunch of things. Trust me, expel and a bunch of people were going to come over and yeah. made sure this that is why it's why I have protected. to laugh at the name Project Chaos because you might be the most organized person I've ever met. But yeah, well, that's a, there's a, there, I can't say more, more to it than that. But, but then they were going to ship it. And when it got to the US, the dealer here was going to do a US launch of the car. So now we everybody... Still made, has- yeah, now everybody understands when I say you are like one of the greatest, in my eyes, brand ambassadors to Lamborghini. Uh, they know too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the car is not done yet. The car even hasn't even entered production because this thing that we're trying to do is, I, I know it's stretching their limits. They've never, like I said, done it before um, and not in the way that I want it executed. And so it's a, it's been a challenge. Um, well, how does it, feel, so we're gonna... how does it feel to go from buying your first, you know, I mean, not, not like you bought a Gallardo, um, off the showroom floor. Yeah. How does it feel to go from that to being in a position where you're stretching the limits of Lamborghini production and design? <laughs> but I, I never, actually, I've never thought about it like that. Like it's insane, Cody. It, 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 it is, but I think, you know, I, I think when you have a passion, so, you know, you may be a Honda fan, right? You love the S2000. I mean, we all have our brand, our genre, and we know everything about it. And, and I've been fortunate to have been given the opportunity. Some of it has been through networking. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, I am where I am because other people have been good to me. And that's the reason why, you know, I am also good to other people. You pay it forward all around. Um, but it is, it's an incredible feeling to be in the position where you're making 
a car, very much you, even though I was t- talking about the experience of going to Italy to spec it, but also they, they really don't give you, they weren't giving this car out, the SVJ for road test there. And I got to drive it behind a crazy Italian driver going 250 kilometers an hour in a 70 kilometer an hour zone i saw um, you on the scene through glass episode and, yeah, <laughs> yes <laughs> i was it was so funny because when i saw that i was like oh sam's about to figure out how crazy cody is yeah well you know what the funny part is the test driver <laughs> says to me are you a good driver and i said i'm a pretty decent driver he goes don't worry i know all the police yeah and i was like i was like I was like, oh, shit, it's about to go down. Yeah, it's and when on. he took off, the Balboni hire, you know, they don't have a test track. So it's the street of Santagana, those little rough they don't you know, look two-lane good. streets. They look rough. Those they don't... are rough. These guys, this guy was bawling. Alex, I went 225 kilometers an hour following this guy. Alex went 250. Yeah, you guys are nuts. And it was freaking insane. It's the most incredible experience I have. So again, we talk about it's all the experience. It's it's at the end of the day, it's not so much the car. It's the experience, the people that you've gotten to meet, uh, and the relationships that you know, you know Sam too. You give me, you've met Sam before. I right? haven't. I've not met Sam before. What? Really? All right. It's... So next time he comes here, we, we've got to we've got to do our little thing. Well, maybe it's Apex or Apex Lite we'll or something. whatever, but we'll yeah, do something. Car Week. I mean, I mean, that's the thing. I miss. I I do. You know, my little my little nugget of every year being able to like meet with you and well, not like meet with you. That sounds like it's a thing. Hang out with you, but we always tend to do something with other people. Yeah. And I mean, like the first time that happened, you had invited me. Um, down to the the Performante um, unveiling. Oh, unveiling! Right, yeah, in, in New York. In New York, and. On that trip, we ran over and saw Rob Ferretti over at Gotham yeah, Dream Cars. At Gotham. <laughs> and so we're hanging out at Gotham, and already I'm, like, starstruck because I'm just like, oh, my God, this is the guy. And you're looking at me like, yeah, yeah dude, that's the guy. And then <laughs> and then I remember sitting – I'm, like, a kid in a candy store, and, like, I'm sitting next to you, and I'm, like, poking your leg, like, Cody, 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 see if he, see if he um, knows Alex Roy. See if he knows Alex. So you're like, all right, all right, all right. And you didn't like, you didn't leave me hanging. You like immediately were like, hey, do you have Alex's number? And he was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. let me text him right now. And I like, I remember looking up at you like, oh, he's doing it. Calls yeah. Alex. Alex is like, Dr. M3, yeah, get him over here. We go there the next day. I mean, yeah. you've you've really like, I I gotta say, I really I owe a lot to you for bringing me into the YouTube world as an equal. Um, you never look down on the the small creators that you've kind of brought into this world and you've always treated us like, well, why wouldn't I introduce you to these people? You've never looked at us and thought like, oh, well, you know, don't embarrass me around. <laughs> around no, these I mean, but, but, but I think and, and we all know that there are some YouTubers that are, are, are like that. Yeah. Um, and but that's I, I think the. If you know car guys, the true enthusiasts, the tr- the people that are truly um, want to do things for the community, that's exactly what you do, right? Is you it, you're all in this together. It's a family, and that's kind of what. I, and it, it troubles me because I also see it splintering in ways yeah. that it's just it's not a good thing. No. Um, but but I, I'm hoping that. The majority is of things like this where we support each other. And we're also, I mean, it doesn't mean that when we do wrong that 
you don't get called out on no, it. No, of course not. And we acknowledge it, and then you know we we get be better for it, right? Right. And I, I gotta say, I mean, look, I've I've met a lot of people over the years through YouTube, big big folks, small folks, lots of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I can't think of any other people. I mean, I think I've talked to you every single day for five years, four years. Yeah. Every yeah, we talk a lot every day. <laughs> I like wake up to you. Hey, what's up? What are you doing? Not like, and it's just banter. It's nothing crazy, but it's like if I haven't heard from you, I'm like, oh, what the, what's going on? <laughs> I'm on a I, in the past. You're on I a plane. On, I'm a freaking. I'm on a plane, and and as soon as I land, all right, boys. This is how about this is Shanghai or whatever. Yeah, it was. and I was doing the same thing. You for used a while to do the too. same thing. We used to be yeah, like you what? used to do. This- yeah, our hours were very bizarre, and it was kind of rude because the people in our group chat are usually in the <laughs> we're, we're always in the U.S. and we'd be like in Asia or Europe, like you know, three in yeah. the morning, bothering them. Like, yeah. sorry about your babies, yeah. guys. Yeah, sorry. Uh, well, I really appreciate you coming on. I mean, you know, it's I feel like when we have like good solid talks, I just I always walk away feeling refreshed and like, oh, that was the perspective I was looking for. You're a smart guy, and I like your very wise tolerant and just creative way of thinking yeah and it makes me feel like the world can be better if we were if we all had you as a mentor (laughs) (laughs) well you know like i said it's it goes both ways i draw my energy from you know from the people around me and it's, it's it's even in our own friend group i mean it's the same thing right it's it's we all support each other we listen it doesn't mean we're all happy all the time and it's good to have somebody there to kind of help prop you up there are times i was just like all right i'm done with youtube or i'm just right and it's just like yeah no soldier on and you you know we talk amongst each other and i think at the end of the day that's and i keep coming back to it it's all about it's all about community and as long as we recognize that and do the sort of things that we can to support you know I want to see, I want to see the community do the things that I'd be proud of, and I want to make sure that I am doing my part to, you know, hold us up. You're not going to see me doing donuts or doing, you know, high speed runs um, in Manhattan <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic. I just don't. I mean. You can be the richest person, but that doesn't do the car community. You wouldn't believe that. I guarantee you that the frontline workers and first responders and police are just like, frick, we have to deal with this nonsense. Right. right? And, and, and dealing with that person as a role model. That's yeah, exactly. Because a lot of people look up to them because they've got – because of what they have. Yes. Yeah. Well, I can't think of a better place – to put a pin in this conversation. <laughs> what a great message. Thank you for sharing some personal stories. Uh, I hope we have you back on because I would like to talk about lots more fluffy things in the in the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No problem. We'd love to get, come back on the Respect to Drive. This is really awesome that you're doing this. And by the way, I will say to you that this is another one of those examples of giving back to the community, right? So you're getting you know, folks on that are interesting, not saying that I'm an interesting person. I appreciate you inviting you're me allowed. on. You're allowed, but, you're allowed but, to own that. I'll give it to you. But, but I, I think that this is an opportunity for people to learn about a diverse group of people that are out there, maybe that they've heard of before or never heard of. Um, and hopefully we give you some perspective and it's a two-way street. So 
that's good. Awesome. Thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate it and look forward to doing this again sometime. That was my interview with Dr. M3, and I really appreciate him for being so open and honest about his own personal experiences. You know, we, we can never expect anyone to just be the... I guess, ambassador to a topic, right? But what we can do is we can talk with our friends and get different perspectives. So for that, I am thankful. And I'm glad that my friends can have open dialogues with me and that they'll let me publish them on the internet. So with that said, many more to come. Don't forget to respect the drive.